I am so excited to share this interview with you guys. David Reeve came on the show to share with us his knowledge, his genius around establishing culture in your brand, and what does that actually even mean? So I am very excited to share this with you. I felt like when we were recording this conversation, I felt like I was in my own personal training with David and took so much from this podcast. I know you will too. And I'm also going to share this on my YouTube channel. So if you want to see the slides that he shares in this, which is highly valuable, then go over to the YouTube channel and, and watch that. I'll post that link in the show notes. So you can go there to find the YouTube link or just find me on YouTube at Terry Holland, um, as well as I'll share all of David's links below as well. So inspire greatness in everyone everywhere and leave them better than I found them. This is David Reeves' personal purpose in life. Fueled by his personal purpose, David founded Unleash Culture to help brands build amazing cultures to accelerate their growth. David has a proven track record of success, resulting in 97 awards for business excellence, and has contributed to building two of the largest award-winning brands in Canada. Brands David has mentored have been featured in the New York Times, Forbes, Profit, Fox Business, Globe and Mail, Success, Fortune Small Business, The Wall Street Journal, Huffington Post, Alberta Venture, and Dragon's Den, to name a few. David has held a lifelong fascination for why some brands have great cultures and why so many do not. David's research and experience led him to understand that culture is either built by design or manifests by default. Fascinated by that fact, unfortunately, 90% usually manifest by default. David discovered missing key elements in what he calls a brand's culture. Today, David is going to walk you through those elements to building an award-winning brand so you can use these as a foundation to building your brand. I am so thrilled to share this with you today. Uh, Hang on to your seats. This is going to be an epic episode. You're listening to The Terry Holland Show, the podcast for high-performing entrepreneurs ready to take your life and your business to the next level. And if you want to get there faster, go to terryholland.ca. Hi, David. Thank you so much for coming on today and for joining us here. My pleasure. It's it's an honor to be here. I've been uh, looking forward to this day for a long time, so thank you very much. I've been looking forward to it as well. Yeah, Absolutely. And uh, yeah, and as you and I have kind of chatted in the past about, um, you know, we're both entrepreneurs at heart and building brands and uh, we've had some nice conversations around that. And I thought really today what might be of value and interest to your listeners is uh, some of the things that I've learned along the way um, about building uh, national brands. Um, also, a lot of the brands that my spouse and I have started and a lot of the brands I've worked with, some of the key elements that have gone into making them uh, really the award-winning brands that they are. And so hopefully today's podcast will, will find people at maybe a point of reflection. Maybe they're just starting out and they're not quite too sure what direction to take their brand in. Maybe they've been doing uh, what they're doing for, for quite a while. But again, they're at that point of reflection where they go, maybe things just aren't feeling quite right or they need to be able to get their story out there a little bit better. So really what I wanted to talk about today was... Um, kind of brand culture and storytelling. And, and what I have found over the years are the key elements to really telling your story to the world uh, so, you, uh, so you become an attractive brand to, uh, to engage. So uh, I think that'll be some good value for your listeners. 
That sounds great. I'm, I'm really excited about this. And I know that all my listeners are going to learn a lot from you as well. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. So without further ado, we'll, we'll just jump right into it. And uh, so, you know, as I sort of said earlier, this is about uh, uh, brand culture. Uh, and a lot of people, you know, when they think of culture in a brand, they think of beanbag chairs and beer Fridays, right? And although those play a little bit of an element and slogans on the walls and things like that, I look at culture sort of as, a, as an ecosystem in a brand. And there's a lot of elements to building a great culture. Uh, so this is just one tiny slice of that pie. And, and, and maybe in a future podcast together, I, I'll come on and, and walk everyone through the rest of the ecosystem. But this, this is just a great place to start. And I always like to say, let's start with, uh, with the storytelling. So, um, so we'll just kind of go through the slideshow here a little bit and, and hopefully your guests can follow along. Um, so interesting um, report out of Stanford University says that people remember stories as much as 22 times more than facts alone. Now facts are very important when you're building your brand, but it's the stories that are going to capture people's heart and they're going to attract people emotionally to your brand. So one of the things I always do when I work with uh, entrepreneurs or when I start building brands or I come in and I help take over companies and build them is the first thing I say to everybody is one thing I want to give yourself the title of is that you are the chief storyteller of your brand. So you instantly have a, a, a C-suite title, which is really cool uh, amongst all your other titles, typically as an entrepreneur, but you are the chief storyteller of your brand. And there is um, two parts to telling your story. Okay. There is the character side of your story and there is the skill side of your story. And typically what happens is, is everybody talks about the skill side of their story and they forget to talk about the character side of their story. And as I mentioned earlier, skill is very, very important. In order to be successful, you have to have skill. In other words, you have to know what you're doing. But it shouldn't be your sole focus. You equally have to give the same amount of time and energy to building the character side of your story. Because it's actually the character side of your story that will emotionally attract people to your brand, right? Um, so that, that's really a key element. And it's something that people forget a lot about because they're so focused on skill. And even when you, you know, randomly look at websites today and you log onto them and you're searching something, pretty much 90% of it is all on what we do and how we do it. It's the skill side. Yeah, they all have this little about me tab and you click on that and there's maybe a few pictures of the team and, there's nothing that really draws you in emotionally, and that's the character side. The other reason why you want to tell your story to the world is uh, you tell it for two reasons. One is you want to become an attractive brand to work for, and the other one is you want to become an attractive brand to do business with. And you can really only do that through telling your story. And then the third piece about telling your story, uh, which is you know, e equally as important, is there's really two parts to telling your story other than character and skill. There's the part that you tell, which you can control through your social media, your, your website, whatever the case may happen to be. You can control that message. But then there's the, the story that other people are telling on your behalf, and we call them brand ambassadors. So the question you have to ask yourself is, what story do I want being told about my brand, right? And, and so it's very interesting when you, when you watch certain brands and you 
you observe how they tell their story. So let's just take, for instance, a good example of storytelling is an airline. Okay. You have in Canada, you have WestJet and you have Air Canada. Now, each of them run the same planes. Each of them have great pilots, great crews. They fly to the same destinations. They take off at the same time. But why is there this incredible loyalty to either one or the other, right? And so they have, both have very different ways of telling their story, but they've figured out ways to emotionally a, a, a attract people to their brand. Some people might say, well, no, one has a better point system, reward system. That's why I do it. But to me, it's much deeper than that, right? And so I'm you know, more of a fan of WestJet because somehow they've, atta they've attached themselves emotionally to me. And you see this during their commercials, Christmas and all these things that they do. Uh, they're, they're appealing to people on a real, real emotional level. And so you know, that's just an example of, of two brands that have the very same product, but one tells their story a little differently that hits, resonates with me. The other one may resonate with other people. So those three things I talked about, right, those are very, very important. So you have to become, amongst everything else you're doing, you've got to become the chief storyteller of your brand. Make sense? Okay. So now, let's say we all agree upon that. Okay, now I'm the chief storyteller of my brand. Now what, Dave? Okay, so let's, let's jump through the elements of what I call telling a really good story. Okay, and, the, and if you master these, you'll be able to uh, take this right? And then engage your digital team or whatever it is and be able to put that out into your various mediums. So the first one is you have to understand the tone of your brand. A lot of people ask me, what is tone? Well, tone is your brand energy. Every brand has an energy by which it reverberates. Okay. And a lot of people don't think about it this way, but what is that energy that I want to put out to the universe? So the universe will respond in kind to this sort of energy right? Am I a calm brand, a loving brand, a hyper brand, a disruptive brand, um, a feeling brand, whatever the case may happen to be, right? So I'll give you an example. When I helped build a big IT company in Canada, we wanted to be very edgy and very disruptive, okay? And that was, that, that's what we wanted to be known for. We wanted to come in and just set the industry on its ear, so that was reflected in our colors, which were black and white. It was reflected in the words we used, like monomaniacal and disruptive and all these sort of things. And our brand, by design, had an edge about it. And that's what we wanted to be. We were big, we were bold, we were brash, right? Uh, we weren't arrogant, we weren't this, but we wanted, it was that sort of energy. And so when people engaged us, um, they knew exactly what they were dealing with, right? Conversely, I worked for another company, a huge home care company that I was um, part of architecting that across Canada. And our tone was caring and loving, right? So that was reflected in our color choice, which was pink and yellow and soft, right? And, you know, we used a lot of loving words and caring words. And the way we answered the phone was very different. And you know, the, the, the human, the human contact, all this. Had we, had we tried to be caring and loving and used, you know, black and white and words like monomaniacal, the, the two pictures wouldn't have matched up. And that would have caused a lot of confusion in the end user, right? Which would then it would have not have emotionally tracked them into our, into our brand. 
So one of the things we have to be really cognizant of is what is the energy and what is the tone? So to all your listeners out there, that should be a great place to start. Have you ever thought about, yeah, what is my energy? What is my tone? You know, a lot of people, when they design logos and things like that, it's just, oh, I like the colors or I like this, or it's kind of, but there's a lot more thought process that goes into that. How do you conduct yourself? How do you answer the phone? And some other stuff we'll get into later. How's the experience we build? So this becomes really, really important. Why it becomes important? Because that energy has to be reflected through absolutely everything that you do, right? Every single thing that you do. Um, you know, there's a sandwich shop in Vancouver I used to attend, go to, and it was called Smart Mouth Cafe in, in Gastown. And they had great sandwiches. But they were cheeky. I mean, when you went in there, they were Smart Mouth. Like they would, you know, order you around and get you in line and, you know, and so if you were expecting to go in there and be, you know, warm and coddled and all this stuff, that wasn't their, that wasn't their scene, but people loved it. They ate it up. You could banter back and forth with the people and it was a lot of fun. Right. So, um, you know, they, they done, they, they kind of got that going really well for them. So the first thing is we look at our tone. That's the first element to telling your story. And, uh, and so let's, I would say to your listeners, you know, pause and reflect and make sure that your tone uh, is Absolutely. a match for the type of energy. Now, entrepreneurs who are solo entrepreneurs, typically the tone takes on their characteristics, right? Pretty hard to be a warm, loving, caring guy or gal and then try to go out there and be edgy and disruptive in something you're not. So, you know, a little self-reflection is how am I wired? What is the type of energy I want to put out? That generally will reflect your brand. For a company, the bigger people, uh, you know, take it to your team. Talk to them. Get some feedback. Hey, what do you guys think our energy is? What do you love about working here? What's, what's the vibe? How should we be telling, you know, and get that feeling. So that's kind of the first thing, as I would say, is look at your tone and your energy and, what, and how are you reflecting that in your story, okay? Second thing is, okay, so now that we know our, our tone and our energy, is we need to look at our purpose. And your purpose is why do you exist? Now, there's a lot out there about discover your why. Uh, a lot of people think that purpose and what we're going to talk about next, core values, is kind of airy-fairy stuff. It really isn't. At the end of the day, when you build a brand, you have to understand why you exist. Okay? It is so important. Why did you start this? You talk to a lot of entrepreneurs like I do, and they'll say, why did you start your, your brand? And you get kind of cheeky answers sometimes from them. Some will say, well, no one would employ me, so I started my own. Or I just want to make money. That's fine. But really, at the end of the day, there's a deep emotional reason why you exist. And you got to understand how to tap into that. And you got to understand how to then tell that as part of your story. Okay? And I'll give you some examples here. Your why is not a mission or vision statement. Okay? I am not a fan of mission statements at all ever, never will be. I don't like them because mission is something to me that you're aspiring to be, which is all fine and dandy, but it's not why you exist. Your why is now and forever. Okay. Okay. And you want to make sure you've got your why nailed because when times aren't going so well, right? Okay. You got to remember why you started. Okay. You always got to anchor yourself. This is why I started. And when times are outrageous and the money's flowing in and everything's great, your why also makes you remain humble and grateful, right? 
because sometimes when things start to get, you know, going well, the ego kind of kicks in and that's, you don't ever want that to happen. So, um, so again, now vision, I don't have a big problem, so much of a problem with vision, but I'm more of a written compass or a painted picture type of person. I think it's really cool is put your vision into pictures or write it out like all your goals are already accomplished, right? And put that on your wall and read that every single day. Um, pictures are great, you know, and uh, that's, you know, so you kind of start to move towards that. But I'm not a huge fan, like I said, of mission. So let me give you an example. So here's, here's on the screen a mission statement. And um, it's so long, I don't even want to read it, right? Uh, my head starts to spin. But this is from a hospital. And you can see it's about three, four paragraphs long. Um, my question, if I was working with that hospital and its team is, how does this inspire you, right? Does it inspire you? And more importantly, can you repeat it word for word and live and breathe it every single day? And you walk through, through here every single day, right? So imagine this, you walk into a hospital and this is on the side of, of the wall. I don't think your first reaction is going to be, wow, I've arrived at the right place. This is awesome as a, as a, as a guest in the hospital, right? So I would say that this for me isn't really serving any purpose, right? The other rule of thumb I have for a purpose statement, and it's, I've always done this with all the brands we work with, and now we're pushing well over a hundred different brands is it should be four words or less. People say, why four words, Dave? And I go, because if it's four words or less, it's easy to remember. And if it's easy to remember, it's easy to breathe life into. Okay. So we have on the screen here, there's very much more than four words, right? I, I can't even get excited about this, right? Bless them for making an attempt, but to me, this is not cool. Um, so if you look at my brand, Unleash Culture, one of the brands I own, you see that my purpose is discover greatness within. That's why I started the brand. I started the brand so anybody that I worked with would discover greatness within. I want that for them. I want that for their um, for their people. I want that for their clients. I want that for their vendors. I want that to be the net result of engaging my services is they've discovered greatness within, right? So again, when times are a little lean, I always reflect on why did I start this? It's my motivation. And then also when times are outrageous, it keeps me humble. It keeps me grateful because of course now I, I again, I'm anchored in my purpose, right? Um, you know, so that, you know, when we did the home care company, um, you know, the one I talked about earlier, our, our purpose was making lives better. That's the business we were in. Now imagine if you walked into all that same hospital and on the wall, it just said our purpose, making lives better. I think that's going to hit you a lot more emotional than what we just saw on the screen before. Right? So what did we do with that brand? We just hired people that wanted to make lives better. That's all we did. And every interaction we had with our, with our clients, we just made their lives better. So simple. The IT company I talked about earlier, our purpose was creating peace of mind. That was the net result we wanted for someone engaging our brand because we know IT is very, very stressful. Now, I thought the home care industry was stressful. 
You separate a CEO from his email for 30 seconds, that's stressful, right? So the net result was we just wanted people to be, have peace of mind, right? That was our purpose. So we just went out and we just created peace of mind. Now we did it by being edgy and disruptive and all sorts of things, but the net result was, was peace of mind. So, so ask yourself this question when you're doing your purpose is what is the net, net, net result I want of someone engaging my services? And that'll tie into also why did I start this, right? And you have to dig deep. And when I work with brands, you know, they'll come back to me and they'll say, you know, I think I've got it. And I'll go, nope, we got to go deeper and you got to go deeper and you got to go deeper. But keep it to four words or less. You don't need some long statement. You don't need any of this. You know, I always joke when I see companies that say, you know, our, our purpose is to increase shareholder value through profitability while maintaining environmental standards. Like, who gets behind that, right? So as we go through these slides, the thing I would impress upon your audience is keep it so simple. Simple is the best. Some people think, oh, I got to have more words. I've got to, no, you don't. Just keep it simple. Discover greatness within. That's it, right? So when people say to me, what do you do for a living with your Unleashed Culture brand? I say, I help brands discover greatness within. And then people say, well, how do you do that? And then I say, well, I have a story. Let me tell you a story, right? When I was at the home care company, people would say, what do you do for a living? And I'd say, I make lives better. And they'd say, how? And I'd say, well, let me tell you a story, right? As a lot, that's a lot nicer than if someone, you work for a home care company and someone says, what do you do for a living? Oh, I take care of old people. I take care of seniors. Yeah. Really? You know, it's like, mm. and this applies to any industry. You know, say you're, say you're a realtor. Someone says, what do you do for a living? I'm a realtor. Okay. You and tens of thousands of other people. But imagine if you said, here's my purpose. And you, so it's, it's an emotional hook that will bring people in, right? And if used properly, um, it can be very, very effective, uh, not only for you personally, but also for the, the audience you're trying to engage. So, so we have our tone, we have our purpose, right? And, uh, and again, your, your purpose should sort of a little bit reflect, reflect your tone. So then we're going to get into the next piece, which is called your values, your core values. And a lot of companies have values, and uh, that's good. Uh, the challenge I see with most companies is they have too many values. And I'll give you a story on this in a second. But think of values as your lighthouse. And I call them your lighthouse that will keep you on to safe passage and off the rocks. And uh, any brand that I've ever built or worked for, um, we've had values, and they're the fabric of our character. In other words, they are non-negotiable. We do not do anything that ever violates our values or our purpose, right? Any decision that does that is a bad decision. N any company that I've ever been the head of, if anybody um, came to me and said, Dave, I made a decision, you know, maybe it, 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 the outcome wasn't exactly what we wanted, but I made it based on our values, I'll never fault that person for making that decision, right? So again, just like your purpose of four words or less, I'm a fan of four values. Okay. Four values, one around people, one around service, one around improvement, introspection and improvement, and then one kind of around the business you're in. Your, I call it your sandbox. Okay. Uh, and again, 
The key here is to keep it so simple that it rolls off the tongue. Because again, if it's easy to remember, it's easy to live and breathe life into. What you'll find a lot of times with companies is they'll have a value and then they'll have an, an explanation as to what the value means. I'm not a fan of that. I don't think you need that. I think you have to allow people to live and breathe the values as they see fit, right? Um, there's a, we went on a, a down to Las Vegas on a tour and there's a, a very well-known company down there. They pick you up on a, on a bus ride and they take you and they, they tour, they show you the, the place and they take you on a tour of it. And a great company. And so on the bus ride, we're there. Um, the guy says, I'm going to talk about our values. And we're like, oh, this is great. I mean, we've got values. And then he pulls out a piece of paper and he has to read them. And then there was like 10 or 12 values. And so we put our hand up and he goes, yes, what's your question? And we said, why did you have to read them if they're so core? And he says, he didn't like the question. But, you know, he was like, well, they work for us. And we're like, but you had to read them which tells me that you don't remember them. Why do you, you know, why do you need 10, 15, like how complicated do you want to make this? Just, you need four people service improvement in your sandbox. Because remember guys, we, we want to be able to repeat them and breathe life into them. Right. Um, so here, here's some examples of mine. So my people one inspire everyone everywhere. That's it. Easy peasy. You know, the home care company that we were involved with, our people one was admire people. That's it. We didn't care how you did it. Just admire people. I'm not going to tell you how to admire people. Maybe you buy a cup of coffee for a senior in the lineup or hold the door for someone or praise someone or give them a hug. Just admire them. Mine inspire everyone everywhere. I just, everybody, every life that I touch, I just want to inspire. So at the end of the day, all I have to do is sit back and reflect on my values and say, did I inspire everyone I touched today? And if I didn't, then I need to reflect upon that. If I did, yeah, it's been a good day, right? If I'm making decisions, I always look at my purpose and I look at my values. Will it help people discover greatness within? And will it, will it inspire everyone everywhere for my people one? If it doesn't, it's probably a bad decision, right? You know, have you ever, I'm not saying you personally, but you know, we've all had those moments in life where sometimes you do something or say something or and it just didn't feel right. And it, uh, maybe a you know, few hours after daily, you're like, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. It's because you've got some values inside of you and it probably violated one of those values. Well, the same as holds true for a brand, obviously, because brand is made up of people. Okay. Uh, my service one is create brand ambassadors. My philosophy is, is that if I give, great service, I'm going to have people out there telling my story, right? So I want a lot of people out there telling my story. And so if I'm creating brand ambassadors, that means that they're telling my story uh, in a good way, right? That they're promoting my brand. My introspection and improvement one is get to the root cause, right? Because before I can fix a brand or, or anything, I have to understand where, where the pain is, what's wrong, right? And then that causes me a chance to reflect. Uh, if something's not going well in my life, I reflect, right? I get to the root cause. You know, introspection is a hallmark of brand character to be able to look inward and have an open, honest dialogue with yourself and your team, your customers and say, what's working, what's not, right? And be open to that sort of feedback. 
get to the root cause. And once we get to the root cause, then we can go fix it. But if we don't know what the root cause is, um, we can't fix it, right? Probably a lot like your work too. You know, you, you help people understand the root cause of why they're stuck, right? Yeah, and, and, but unless they're willing to have that open, honest dialogue with themselves and then allow you to come in and work your magic, right? And give them maybe a different roadmap or a different way of thinking, um, we're not really going to get anywhere. Um, and then finally, this, my sandbox is a, a catalyst for creating amazing cultures. And so I asked myself, you know, at the end of the day, was I a catalyst for creating an amazing culture? Um, so again, as long as I haven't violated any of these values in my decision-making process uh, or the way that I approach the market, um, then I'm doing okay. Now, what's really cool is you can use your values in telling your story, right? Telling your story to the world. So I would suggest to anybody out there that is doing blogging, doing podcasts, doing anything, it'll advertising, whatever it happens to be is always include in your story, either your purpose or one or two of your values, right? So, you know, living my value of inspiring everyone everywhere, I blah, 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 right? Or, you know, living my value of admiring people, we were able to, you know, you get that in. And what it does is it, it's reinforcing that you're a purpose and core uh, driven value company. But again, you're emotionally anchoring people into your brand. And that really, really becomes uh, very powerful. Uh, and then, of course, if you have multiple locations across Canada, for instance, like we did in the home care company, we had 65 locations. Uh, you want everybody that's working for there to adopt this and tell their story, right? And then the clients they serve starting, wow, that, that brand was amazing. They really admired me and whatever the case may be. And you can build some really fun and cool programs around um, around these. So I'll give you an example. Our admire people one, um, whenever we made a, a mistake in the home care company, and we we made them, right? We had what was called a signature item. And we would send that signature item out to, to the guest. For us, it happened to be a four-pound uh, fresh-baked apple pie. And it was called Humble Pie. And there was a company, I don't think they're in business anymore, but it were called Acme Humble Pie. And we would fess up and fix it. And we would send them out this four-pound fresh-baked apple pie. And we'd say, living our value of admire people, we just wanted to say, we're sorry, and we're going to eat some humble pie on this one, right? And it, and it was a beautiful way of just saying, you know, maybe we didn't admire you the way we should have, and we're, we apologize, right? Now, as an offshoot of this, which was interesting, is that story actually got picked up by CNN Money and Profit, and they blasted it everywhere. And so we didn't do it to get the PR. We did it because it was uh, a signature item for us. Um, to live our values, but the press certainly didn't hurt either, right? And it just, you know, again, it was like, wow, this cool little home care company in Canada, this is what they're doing, right? So, you know, another thing I might suggest to people is find a little signature item that you can use to send out um, and tie it into your values, right? So we've got our tone, we've got our purpose, we've got our values. Okay, so what's next? Well, next is we have to understand how to create heroes in our brand. And these are your brand ambassadors. So think in terms of now, okay, how do, I, how do I create and honor heroes and turn them into raving fans of what I'm doing? So they're out there, like I said in, at the start of this, and they're out there telling my story in a very, very positive way. Because you can also have brand ambassadors out there telling your story in a not a very positive way, right? And 
We don't want that, right? Uh, and in today's world where video and social and digital and man, things can go south pretty fast. Um, and so you want, you want heroes. So I always say, okay, who are the heroes of my, uh, of my brand? Well, obviously, um, they're the people that I engage, right? So the people on my team, the customers that I serve, the suppliers and vendors that I use. So try to come up with ways to make them feel super special and tie it back into your purpose and your values, right? So whatever that happens to be, and we'll get into a little bit more of that in the next slide. Um, make them feel incredible. Make them fall in love with you, right? Make them feel special. Do all the little things that nobody else is doing, right? You know, like the handwritten thank you cards and the phoning them on their birthday and, you know, just making them feel great. Treating every single person like they truly matter, right? And create heroes out of them. Tell their story, right? Connect with them on different levels and ask permission to tell their story, how your business has affected their life in a positive way, right? Um, make them, you know, like I said, make them brand ambassadors. And they'll, they'll fall in love with you if you do that. The problem is, and we're going to talk more about this in the next slide, is businesses treat everybody like a transaction, right? And when you have a transactional mindset, that's what people feel like, right? And it's the little tiny things that make a difference. So I'll give you an example. At the home care company, we had across Canada, we had 65 locations and we, we took care of thousands of seniors. And our second demographic was also the stressed out daughter, usually 40 to 55 years old, that because uh, it usually falls upon the daughter, uh, that now has found herself taking care of mom and dad in their time of need. And life doesn't really prepare us that well for that, right? So we had the senior that we served, but we also had the other demographic, which was the daughter. So we had to make the daughters feel like heroes uh, for uh, having the courage to call us and say, I need some help, right? Uh, and, you know, really the key to getting into a senior's house is, is through the son or the daughter, right? The other thing, too, is that sons and daughters have to remain sons and daughters. They can't become the primary caregiver. Uh, it changes the relationship. So we just made them, the daughters, feel like absolute heroes. And, of course, obviously their parents feel like heroes. So one of the things that we did was we knew their birthdays, and we phoned them on their birthday, and we sang happy birthday to them, right? And you might say, are you guys nuts? Like, that's a lot of birthdays. Yeah, it's a lot of birthdays. But these people are important to us. Our purpose is making lives better. It takes about a minute to sing a birthday song, but to a 75-year-old or a 90-year-old to get a call, someone sing them happy birthday, or to a daughter, we find out something special about them and maybe send them something, their favorite, you know, whatever, place to have dinner, things like that. So you can come up with these really cool programs that um, make people feel incredibly special. I call them heroes, right? Tied into your purpose, tied into your values, and you'll create phenomenal brand ambassadors that way, right? Because there's just no way they're not going to go up and tell your story, right? It's when you don't communicate and you don't stay in touch and you're not transparent with them and you don't live your values and you treat them like a transaction, they're not, they're not going to be happy, right? And that's really, at the end of the day, why are you in business then, right? Uh, you spend so much time acquiring people and clients and customers to just lose them because you're lazy. It's just, to me, is not, not the answer. So 
we've got our tone, we've got our purpose, we got our values, and now we come up with some programs to create heroes, okay, and celebrate their life. And then the final piece is really just understanding that you are in the experience business. Okay, any business you're in typically has a service component to it, and you're in the service, you're, you're in the experience business. And like I said earlier, most companies get very transactional in their thinking. So what I want you to think about is every single person that engages your brand has a life cycle. Okay. There's a starting point and there's an end point. And during that starting and end point, there's what we call touch points. And so my counsel to everybody listening to this is map out, map out the entire experience you want to have with them and all the touch points. And then during those touch points, create memorable moments. Okay. So let's just say, for instance, you are running a brand and you have to hire someone. Okay. So what does your recruiting ad look like? Are you tying your purpose and your core values into your recruiting ad? I do in all the ads that I run, right? I always talk about our purpose and our values, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. What does your uh, interview process look like? What sort of questions are you talking about? When I conduct interviews, the first one I always do is a group interview, right? Get about eight to 10 people. I don't talk about anything on their resume, right? I want to get to know them. Okay. I just want to get to know their character. So I ask them questions about, their purpose, our purpose, how they fit to it, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, then the onboarding of the person, how have you got that set up, right? What are the magical touch points? What does a great first day look like, right? Typically our first day is when the brands we've built is someone comes in, their desk is all ready for them. Wow. Right. Their clothing, their business cards, their computers set up, everything they need, right? Um, we do a little bit of paperwork. They get a chance to revisit some of the people they've already met because during our interview process, we always bring them in for a half day, right? Cause it makes their first day a lot easier. Generally we'll find out something about them where their favorite restaurant is, right? Maybe a bottle of wine, flowers, whatever the case may be. And then at 12 o'clock we send them home. That's their, that's their great first day. Now, what do you think they're going to do when they go home and talk to their spouse? Do you think they're going to say, oh, geez, I made a huge mistake. I joined the wrong company. I don't think so. I think they're going to be so emotionally hooked into our brand, right? And it's like, wow. And then the next day we come back and then there'll be their proper onboarding schedule. What happens in most companies when you join? Sometimes people aren't even there to greet you. Your desk isn't set up, right? You're instantly just kind of thrown into work, right? It's not... It's not a fun process. I've even seen it so bad where people have not had business cards ready and they've had to cross their name out and write their name on someone else's business card. And you know, you're going home at the end of the day going, did I really make the right decision? Like, my God, is this, is this their philosophy? You know? And so, so again, that's just a quick little snippet about how you can build an experience around everything from your recruiting to your interviewing, your onboarding to great first days whatever the case may be. Um, we've even done things that at the end of the first month, we've sat the person down and we've said to them, okay, Terry, I'm going to give you $1,500 today to quit. And you slide a check across to them. And people go, why would you do that? And we go, because if they take the check, then I know I've made a bad hire. And it's just saved me months of grief, right? I've never had anybody take the check, right? But these little tiny touch points and experiences along the way, does it take a lot of work? 
Absolutely it does. You've got to sit there and actually on a whiteboard map out all your touch points for your internal team, for your clients, and also your suppliers and vendors. Do not ever forget about them, right? We don't want to treat them just like transactions because they're, they're brand ambassadors for you as well. So to everyone listening, I would say, you know, take some time with your team and pause and reflect and say, are we maximizing all the touch points of every interaction, right? And do they tie back to our purpose and our values? Um, are we creating heroes through these touch points? And do they match our energy? And this is, to me, where it becomes really fun, right? Um, you know, like give an example at the last company I was CEO of, we, would, uh, we were in a, a very high volume business and, um, you know, occasionally we would get complaints. And so it was our, uh, uh, you know, our way internally was every complaint had to be addressed within 20 minutes of, of, us, of us receiving it, right? Um, because to me, the speed at which you respond to something, if someone is taking the time out of their busy day to say, I have an issue with your brand, they're emotionally attached to your brand. So don't forget about that. Like that's, they actually care enough about your brand to tell you that something, some experience they had or something isn't, is amiss. I think it's incumbent upon us to get back to them as quick as we can. So that was my rule of thumb. And we empowered our people throughout the organization to be able to reach out. And, and then, you know, if it got up to my desk, great. And we'll, we'll deal with it at that level. But they were empowered to make the decisions and it was the speed at which we got back to the person. So Terry, if you'd complain within 20 minutes, because I know you're still human, right? I'm going to get you on the phone. Hey, Terry, got, got your feedback. I love you for this. Okay, something's not right, and we're going to make it right. So let's have a dialogue about this, and let's figure it out. Blow off your steam to me. Let it go. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to take it personally. And then here's how I'm going to fix it, all right? And so what I've done is I've taken a not-so-great situation and within 20 minutes, we've, we've, we've rectified it and we come up with a solution. Yeah, sometimes we got to do a little digging in a little deeper, but at least we've got the dialogue flowing, right? And, uh, uh, and now hopefully, you know, uh, I've been able to, uh, you know, make you happy, turn you around, and, you know, and, and we keep the relationship going, right? It's where you take the time to offer feedback and you never hear back from the company, right? Well, now that now as a, as a consumer, I'm thinking, they just don't care. It's transactional. They just wanted my money, right? And the solution is not refunding something, something all the time or throwing money at them. It's just getting that dialogue going. And, and uh, Because if it's happening to them, there is a chance maybe it's happening to somebody else. They're just kind enough to let you know about it, right? So build some programs around what does handling complaints look like? What is your, what's the turnaround time? What's your signature item? How are you going to handle it? How do you empower your people? And so, so this all leads to telling your story, right? And so I guess, you know, at the end of the day now, we have our energy, right? We know our tone, we know our purpose, we know our values, we've created heroes, and we've got this end-to-end experience. And so what I would say to your, anyone, you know, uh, listening here is, um, go back and reflect on, on these areas and ask yourself, are we doing a great job in each one of these areas or could each one of these maybe, re, uh, you know, need a little bit of a brand refresh, right? Um, and chances are you'll probably find that in some areas you're doing pretty good and other areas you might go, you know what, I think, I think we could use some, uh, some refresh in that area and it doesn't have to happen overnight. You don't got to take on everything, just start small, but change it up. 
Um, so those are kind of the elements that I've always worked with when it comes to telling my story. And then I've used those elements in, in the various formats of telling our story, whether it be a podcast, web, digital, whatever the case may happen to be, um, for the purpose really of, of, you know, building an amazing overall experience when someone uses your brand. So yeah, I think, I think that's pretty good to chew on, uh, for your, for your crew there. Um, you can see on the screen, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, there's some, some ways they can do it. Um, and that's a book I wrote, which is on Amazon. So you can read, and we talk a lot about that, but keep it super simple. Uh, you don't, don't get worried about this, that just keep it simple. And, um, uh, be a little old fashioned about it. I've always found it never actually hurts. You know, I think with the whole digital world and technology and everything, we've in some ways almost forgotten, um, you know, that kind of old fashioned way of doing things. And I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with sort of going back to that. It's not corny at all. You can use digital and technology to enhance what you're doing, but uh, be a company that's deep in values and purpose and tell your story the right way. So that's kind of my thoughts for today. Excellent. Thank you so much, David. This was, this was a ton of valuable information and I know I learned a lot and I'm excited. I have your book on order right now from Amazon, oh, so I can't wait until it arrives and I can dig into it even more because I think this is um, so important and so valuable. And I know you've given me a lot to ponder in my own brand and how I'm operating and, and some things I'm already thinking about that I want to change. So right. thank you so much. And I'll post all of your links in the show notes as well. So you guys can find David, you can connect with him and, and order the book. Cause I think that's uh, a great way to learn more and to get an even deeper dive into this. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for that. Yeah. And, and the book also has a link inside it where you can, uh, it's, it's got, um, not in the book, but you can go on the site, you can get the link and it's got lots of tools and templates and you can download them all. And, uh, a lot of the stuff we've used, uh, I put it all out there. And I'm also too, if you're reading the book and you have a question, fire me a question. I'm more than happy to, you know, give you some counsel and, and that. So, uh, yeah, I can't thank you enough for this. This is great. And, uh, I look forward to us staying connected and admire the good work that you're doing as well. You're, you're certainly making a difference in people's lives and building a phenomenal brand yourself. So, uh, thank you. Thank you for including me in, in your, uh, your journey as well. So did you learn a lot? I, I know I did. I know you did. Check out David's links, get the book, go to the YouTube channel if you want to watch this with the slide presentation that he delivers. And, um, and I love to hear your feedback. So send me a message, connect with me on Instagram, on Facebook, wherever you want. And, and let me know, like, what were your key takeaways from this? And of course, as always, if you really enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends who you think would benefit from it as well. And leave those five-star reviews. Thanks a lot, guys. Hope you're having a fantastic day.